All right. Welcome back. Paul Chabot show. Uh, awesome that uh, you're all sticking with us as we venture out into these critical issues affecting our country. So look, uh, this episode's going to be about fentanyl. And if you haven't heard about fentanyl, then either you've been living in a cave or you don't have kids or grandkids. And um, that's sort of where we are as a country. Look, um, for those of you that have been paying attention, America, we've got a huge drug crisis. Uh, certainly, the open border is contributing uh, to the issues here, but more so, it's our huge number of drug overdoses uh, because of our demand uh, here in our own country. So, look, uh, as you know, my background, I worked in the White House for two drug czars, Office of National Drug Control Policy, uh, retired law enforcement, and uh, retiring here from the U.S. Navy. I am a bit shocked when we look at our country today, especially along this issue of fentanyl. And here's why. We understand as a country that drugs are bad. Uh, we need to keep kids off drugs. And we also, I think, can understand why or how people begin to fall into the trap of drug abuse, right? It's experimentation, social use, abuse, and then falling into that addiction phase. But the challenge is that why would anyone want to intentionally seek out fentanyl? We'll talk about what fentanyl is here in just a moment. But why would they do that? And that's the question I can't answer. I mean, we can have some ideas here, but look, fentanyl we know kills and it kills at extremely small doses. How small? Uh, like a few grains of sand. And uh, the reason so many people are dying in this country it's not because they are intentionally seeking out fentanyl. It's that drugs that they are, A, either intentionally using what they think could be cocaine, heroin, meth, um, could be cut or fentanyl is added to this. Or others, it could be strictly um, some sort of a, a poisoning. Now, look, no matter where you live in this country, it doesn't matter if you're in the state of Maine or New York or any of these places for that matter. This drug impacts every single community and it crosses all boundaries. And I will tell you uh, that if you're listening to this show, you probably already know somebody who's died or overdosed and came quite close to it from drugs and in recent years, fentanyl. And if you don't, then just go on the internet and type in fentanyl deaths, fentanyl overdoses, and the numbers are stark. But here's the other kicker. We as a country, and look, I'm here in Texas. In Texas, we're failing uh, to better track on the numbers. And why is that so important? Well, we hear from emergency room physicians. We hear from law enforcement. But why is it that our overall system is not collecting data uh, the way that it should? So here in Texas, wide open border. Uh, Arizona, wide open border. New Mexico, California, same thing. Now, certainly these drugs flow across that open border, but I would argue that even if that border was sealed, ladies and gentlemen, this drug would still make its way in. As you may know, I wrote a book called Eternal Battle Against Evil, and my dissertation work was on the uh, Mexican drug cartels, in particular, the Ariano Felix Drug Trafficking Organization. And these drug cartels are extremely resilient. They will find a way because they're here to make money. And they've been flooding our country with every single type of drug that you can think of. And wherever there's an opportunity, uh, there's a way for them to exploit. 
Uh, and it's not just Mexican cartels. It's uh, Colombian cartels, right? It's where they have literally made submarines, uh, in some cases using Russian technology, uh, to come up into uh, the West Coast or uh, Florida or other areas and dump their loads. Or it's flown over. Or you have somebody uh, with a body wrap uh, and they're flying in, right? Because these pills, you can walk through a metal detector and these little fentanyl pills look like Skittles. Uh, and that's the new newest uh, DEA warning, by the way. Yeah, DEA warning is, DEA warns of brightly colored fentanyl used to target young Americans. Now, uh, a lot of people are freaking out because uh, what the stuff looks like. And if you look at it and just Google DEA fentanyl, uh, these are little pills with different symbols on them. And if you talk to your kids in school and you ask them about pill parties or, or any of these things, look, it happens. And it impacts every single household, mine included. And so kids today are pretty smart. Um, in fact, too smart. Social media, uh, the control of the devices, uh, and our sort of parental ignorance. Look, the world's passing us by and the kids are living in it. And what's living out there is evil. Uh, they share various sites and information that will blow your mind. Um, I had a recent talk with a school administrator out here in Texas about, you know, uh, I think we went to hell in a handbasket out here when we started handing kids uh, computers in schools and allowing cell phones. Um, I think that has caused just a, a huge issue, which has only amplified, we know, the mental health crisis in this country ever since we shut down our schools. Uh, California collects data, not a big fan of their policies, but at least they collect data. I think what three out of four of their kids have significant or, or discuss mental health issues. Suicide's a huge issue. Well, when you talk about drugs, ladies and gentlemen, these all are in the same basket. Mental health, suicide, drugs. And if you care about kids, which we do, then we have got to address the thousand pound elephant in the room right now, which is what are we doing in your community, in your state, and in your country about this fentanyl epidemic and quite honestly, all drugs, because we're losing it. We're losing it. Uh, if you go back 15, 20, 30 years of our tracking of illicit drugs, we're making great headway about 10 years ago. It was a concerted effort, and I think folks paid attention. Now, uh, we do the exact opposite. It's either head in the sand, or we've just become numb to it. And so maybe what we're seeing with fentanyl uh, could be a tipping point here for finally uh, getting state and federal agencies to better collect and share data. Look, we do it with intelligence. We do it here in uh, our country with our law enforcement ever since 9-11 and then the intelligence failure of what we saw with sharing information between local, state, and federal officials across the area. Why are we not doing the same with accurate critical reporting on drugs? We may talk about, you know, if you're on the left or the right, the left will talk about um you know, gun violence. Okay. Well, uh, how about drug violence? Because I can guarantee you more people are dying from drugs uh, than, for gu than from guns. And how do I know that? Well, it's quite simple. You were all experiencing it. Any room I go into and I speak to either parents or kids, I always ask a question. And I ask the audience, raise your hand if you know somebody who's died due to a substance abuse related incident. Almost all the hands go up. I used to travel the country going to college campuses. 
And I would ask that question of freshmen, sophomore, juniors. Yeah, at that age, ladies and gentlemen, they already know. But what are we doing about it as responsible adults to address the drug epidemic? I think, honestly, uh, it's, it's, it's pitiful. And I think it goes back to what I said a few minutes ago that we have become numb as a society. We have just gotten used to this. Like, what, you know, I, I, I don't know. But if that's where we are as a country and we know the numbers with our kids right now with the huge issues they're dealing with, think about this next generation to lead this country. There is a crisis going on in the minds of our kids and we got to address it and maybe fentanyl will be the wake up call. Let's talk a little bit about uh, fentanyl and uh, this DEA release that just came out. So fentanyl, and this is from DEA, it's a synthetic opiate that is 50 times more potent than heroin and 100 times more potent than morphine. Uh, just two milligrams of fentanyl, which is equal to about 10 to 15 grams of table salt, is considered a lethal dose. So you can see why and how, how easy it is to mix this into other drugs or substances, whatever it may be. And there's no way to tell, right? Uh, uh, people who overdose on this stuff, those that survive, they will say, I thought I was, quote unquote, just, just using heroin, just using cocaine. They had no idea it was in there. And uh, so there we are. Um, right now, as the DEA states, fentanyl remains the deadliest drug threat facing this country. And it's our entire country. It's not just the border states. And look, we're all border states now, right? We are all border states. It's not just the border states. Uh, I'm in a really nice town called McKinney in Texas, where I moved from Southern California six years ago. Reminded me of the uh, backdrop Universal Studios in Hollywood as you're taking that tram tour, for those of you that have done it, and you're, the tram tour takes you down the old filming set for Leave it to Beaver. This is what McKinney uh, reminded me of when we moved here. Things change. Uh, huge crisis uh, here in McKinney, in our schools, uh, in every single school, right? Here in Texas, 258 counties in California, where I came from, we had 58 counties, whatever state you are in. So think about all those local jurisdictions. Um, and then, so you've got your county seats, you've got your cities, you might have your towns, your school districts, all these government agencies. Now look, in Texas, we've got an agency helping health and or, uh, HHS, Texas Health and Human Services at the federal level, you've got HHS, CDC uh, for the federal government. Uh, supposedly does a lot of this tracking. But again, it is significantly behind uh, the curve. Let's talk a little bit about more what the DEA re release here says about fentanyl. So yeah, it's the deadliest drug in our country. Now, according to the CDC, uh, in 2021, this is the most recent data, guess how many people in America died? 107,622. 107,622 Americans. Have you been to the Vietnam Wall in Washington, D.C. and uh, seen how big that wall is and all those names of all those Americans that were killed during a war that lasted a number of years? You know, you know how many names are on that wall? Uh, about 48,000 names. So we are losing twice that on our own soil here and largely our kids. There's no wall, but imagine if there was. Uh, that Vietnam Wall would be doubled every single year. And maybe that's the visual we need. Uh, maybe that's what we need here. And it doesn't just, you know, impact the short-term uh, survivability of, of our kids because this is going to impact you. Look, if it hasn't, it, it will. If it has not hit you, your family, your neighbor, somebody close to you, it is. It will. It's just a matter of time. With 107,000 deaths in one year, 
how many football stadiums uh, could that fill? NFL stadiums too easy, right? So here we go. What are we doing about it? What can you do about it? Well, A, uh, you can demand that your elected officials make this a front center issue. Uh, I've heard no candidate put this at the top of the agenda, and it should be. We are all moms or dads, grandpas or grandmothers. We all have kids, right? So that's, that's the lens that we need to look at this from. If uh, people are worried about schools or school choice or whatever, it may be fine. But how about we keep the kids alive right now uh, so we as adults can make those decisions on what's best for their education. If we don't have kids, the second doesn't quite matter. And if these drugs are impacting our schools and our communities, well, we're playing Russian roulette consistently. But what can we do? What's the solution? Well, uh, there is no silver bullet because we're never going to defeat this problem. And that might sound pessimistic, but it's true. What does defeat mean? If people say we, we're going we're gonna to eliminate homelessness off the streets of San Francisco. Well, how do you eliminate it to get it to zero? There's always going to be a problem. So what we need to do here in this country, in this community, wherever you are, is demand that we measurably reduce the problems before us year over year and put a strategy in place behind it. And if we're not, then we got to admit that we're failing because right now we are failing. We're failing in Texas. We're failing in California. We're failing in New York. We're failing in every single state across this country. And there's a lot of good people that are working on this. But guess what? We're outnumbered. We're outgunned. We're outfunded. And that is the cards that we've been dealt. So here we are. But what can you do? Let's say you're a parent and you now have heard this episode and you're saying, hey, thanks, Paul. I really appreciate the information. What can you do? Well, get smart on it, right? Uh, Talk to your kids. And I'll tell you what, tough love. Don't be a friend uh, to your kid. Be a parent and uh, drug test them and drug test them often. You can go online, find drug testing facilities in your area. Yeah, you're going to pay a little bit, but it's not a lot. And uh, just get the urine test done, the panel done. You get the results back pretty quick and test your kids. And uh, don't feel like you're breaking trust. In fact, you're probably saving their life. And here's a reason why that's important. Not just you can know if they're using or not, but let's say they're not. That's great. But how do you know the next day at school, they won't? So peer pressure is huge with our kids today, right? Just look at it. Man, iPhones, ridiculous, right? But there's, I talked to some of our kids, uh, some out there are ashamed if they don't have an iPhone and they've only got an Android. Well, talk about peer pressure with that. How about everything else? So if you're looking at having this conversation with your kid, just go drug test them. And this is what the next conversation you need to have with them is. Hey, uh, Billy, Sarah, Bob, whatever your kid's name is, the reason I tested you is because I love you. But number two, now when you go to school or wherever you are and somebody offers you something, all you got to do is say, look, can't do it. My mom drug tests me. My mom or my dad, my parents, I get drug tests. I don't want to get in trouble. And this works. Give you an example. U.S. military, uh, Vietnam era, over 50% of our service members were using illicit drugs. God bless them all. Uh, But that was the time that we were in in this country, right? And so now, uh, fast forward to today's military, less than one half of 1% are using. Why? Well, because we drug test. Drug testing works and we need it. Uh, Look, we got to educate them about the dangers. There is a 17 or 18 minute video that you can watch called the fentanyl factor. True uh, testimony 
from those on the front lines and kids that have used. And I will tell you, there's a cliffhanger uh, and something that happens at the end that is quite shocking. I just watched this out here in McKinney. We held a town hall recently, had the DEA, substance abuse folks in to talk about these issues. And that last minute, uh, it, it's a gut wrencher, but you got to watch it and sit down with your kids. Look, um, don't depend on Red Ribbon Week. I love that we do Red Ribbon Week in this country, uh, but it should be Red Ribbon Day every day, 365. So Red Ribbon Week is probably a time um, to reassess where we are as a country and community in addressing these issues. And that's it. Here in Texas, one of the biggest failures, and it is a failure, it's a failure, is that most schools do not participate in what is called the Texas School Survey. It's a survey that costs about 25 cents per kid. Uh, it's funded through the state of Texas. Texas A&M University is the one that manages this, this grant or this proposal that they have. But most schools don't participate. And this Texas school survey is confidential information obtained from the students in a survey. Nobody gets in trouble. Nobody's name goes on it. But we get real data. We get data about you know, drugs, mental health, suicide, what kind of drugs, how often are they seeing it, how often are they using. You can add questions, take away questions. And I guarantee you every single school district, and not many, every single school district that does that survey, it's public record. Guess what? That school's got a problem. But the school next to them that didn't do it, guess what? They don't have a problem. Wrong. The only reason it appears they don't have a problem is because they didn't participate in the survey. And here lies the challenge. If school district A and B right next to each other and A says, okay, I want to participate, but I really want to make sure everybody's participating because what if I participate and then it shows my school's got a drug problem and then B doesn't do it. And then all of a sudden, the media says, oh, look at school district A. Gosh, their drugs are off the chart. But B, well, they didn't do the survey. So there is no negative press. That needs to change. Uh, you're a taxpayer. You got kids in this country. You love them. Uh, if we're pro-life, pro-faith, pro-God, everything, we know that drugs uh, deceive the individual. They literally change the mind and decisions that are made under the influence if they survive that addiction is horrible. Most societal problems lead back to substance abuse and not just drugs, alcohol as well. Alcohol as well. So look, um, I really believe that this is an opportunity uh, for us as a nation to come together about the common denominator of raising children successfully. And we got to be a little selfish on it, right? Look, I'm a father. I got four kids. Uh, maybe someday I'll have grandkids and I want them to all succeed. But I also love this country. You know, here at the Paul Chabot Show, we are focused on keeping America strong. Well, we can't do that when we have our military leaders telling us today they don't have enough kids joining, uh, young adults joining because they're not fit for service, whether it's drug, alcohol, crime, mental health, whatever it may be. Well, if you love this country and you know history and Ronald Reagan said it right, it's peace through strength. We need our young to be strong, to keep America strong. All right, look, I hope this has been somewhat helpful uh, to you in this conversation. Uh, our sponsor for this program is GOPagent.com. If you're a Republican and you own a home or you plan on buying a home, work with GOP agent. The reason is our agents don't give a dime to Democrats from the commission earned from the sale or purchase of your home. Why is that important? Because many realtor associations across this country, across your state and communities, 
give to radical leftists or candidates that are against the values that make home ownership so important. We operate in all 50 states. We are God-loving Americans. Check out gopagent.com. God bless you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is the Paul Chabot Show. Be safe and be well. Hi, I'm Derek Baker. And I'm Paul Chabot, and we founded GOPAgent.com because America is in trouble. We've spent our entire lives in Republican politics, from working on Capitol Hill to the White House. We believe in America and the conservative values that built this great nation we all call home. As you know, those conservative values are under attack. We're real estate agents and we help clients buy and sell homes in all 50 states. Yes, most of our clients do leave blue states for red states, but many others must continue the battle in their blue states because of a job, taking care of a family member, or any other host of good reasons. If you're a patriot and vote Republican, then please pay attention. A real estate agent earns a commission every time they help a client buy or sell a house. These same agents are required to pay dues to realtor associations. These associations have political action committees spending lots of money supporting candidates who reportedly support realtor values. As we say in Texas, Houston, we have a problem. In 2020 and 2022, the National Association of Realtors gave more money and supported Democrats over Republicans for political office. In fact, in 2020, National Association of Realtors spent more helping Democrats than in the entire history of financial disclosures as shown on the website Open Secrets. Even in conservative Texas, local realtor associations routinely support and donate thousands to moderate or even liberal candidates who oppose our values and even oppose policies beneficial to homeowners. So why is this important to you? 
If you ever sell or buy a home, work with a Republican agent who shares your conservative values because they're not gonna give money they earn from a commission on the sale or purchase of your home to support a radical candidate that goes against your values. At GOPAgent.com, our licensed real estate agents won't give a dime to Democrats. Whether you're considering a move across the country or just across town, GOPAgent.com can help. Thank you and God bless.